Oh, hello there, and welcome to episode 25 of Musical Connections, and I'm your host, Zach Snow, and I am super excited this week to have as my guest two-time Grammy Award-winning producer, as well as the proprietor of Silly Cove Records and Trinity Hall, Greg Wells. We're going to be talking to him ahead of the launch May 19th in Winterton with a host of Newfoundland and Labrador's finest artists, including Greg Wells himself, coming down to uh, play a few tunes and say a few words. And uh, this is such a big, big deal for me. I can't thank Greg enough for joining me on the podcast this week. So we're going to get to that right after this week's newfound releases. And I've said on my social media a couple of times already, when I said this week's newfound releases was the busiest it's ever been, I meant it. And we got 10 to go through, so let's get started with singer-songwriter Andrew Rogers. He's going solo, guys, and no, Farragill are not breaking up. They're just uh, going in different directions uh, with their solo careers. Of course, Stephen Green and Brad Tuck, together they form Center City Media. They've done some work for many of the artists here in the province, as well as had some solo music uh, in the past. And uh, haven't heard much from Gary Powers. Hopefully he can release like some instrumental down the road. But Andrew is going more of a, a heartland rock sound with his upcoming debut album. It's set to be out in the fall. But right now, here is that first single. This is Last Man Standing on the newfound releases portion of Musical Connection.
tune there from Andrew Rogers, Last Man Standing. And we will be there for this next artist from Hurricane Music, Baraka. And Baraka is releasing his debut single with Hurricane Music. Let's get to that tune right now. Here's I Will Be There on the newfound releases portion of Musical Connections. You don't get out your room anymore You don't pick up your phone You broke before you fell to the floor You're hurting and I know No, you've got to move this big boulder And it'll gas you out sometime Rest your head on my rugged shoulder And put your arm in my I will be there in your darkest hour I will be there when you're crashing down I will be there, I will give you power I will be there, darling, I will be there You're fighting with yourself in your head You don't know how to You fail to get out of your own bed Yeah, you're struggling I believe in love and true healing They always come around in time As your friend, I'll help you in dealing With whatever breaks your ground
tune there from baraka i will be there and we are now going to go to conception Bay south singer songwriter carl lundrigan here's his new tune a dream is just a vision on the new family portion of musical connections a dream is just a vision can be false Last night I dreamed I was in your arms, your body I could feel. As morning broke, then I realized my vision was untrue. I'm lying here in this bed alone and missing you. A dream is just a vision, can be false. Where the sea meets the shore Waking up and being away Made me miss you even more I'm away from you and away from home A life I hate the most Wishing that I was there with you At home on the east coast See it's wind swept you rugged shores as we walk there hand in hand. I want to go home forevermore and stay in Newfoundland. A dream is just a vision, can be false, can as I dream of returning home, my thoughts are all of you. Next week can come soon enough when I'll finally touch the ground. I'll have you there by my side in my arms, safe and sound. I'm away from you and away from home, a life I hate the most Wishing that I was there with you at home on the east coast See its windswept beauty and rugged shores and take you by your hand I wanna go home forevermore and stay in Newfoundland I'm away from you and away Wishing that I was there with you at home on the East Coast. See its windswept beauty and rugged shores and take you by your hand. I want to go home forevermore and stay in Newfoundland. My dream. 
dream is to go home forevermore and stay in Newfoundland. That's Carl Lundrigan on Newfound Releases with A Dream is Just a Vision. And now we are going to go to experimental music duo Cuepos. They, they consist of DJ and producer Francis Dawson and singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Nadia Duman. Combining their Latin roots and recontextualizing the sounds they grew up with, Cuepos combines elements from Latin and Caribbean music cuimba, dub, and reggae with club-ready electronic beats and production. And they just released their second album, On Dos Pate. Here's one of the tracks for you right now. Here's Malas Lenguas on the new fan releases portion of Musical Connections.
Red Bulls for you with Malice Loingus on newfound releases. And we are going to go to Dodo Head now. They are a band consisting of Griffin Simpson, Curtis Hicks, and Michael Moist. You may know him as Reggie Morales. And this experimental alt-rock sound really reminds me of uh, like late Linkin Park, maybe with some Nine Inch Nails mixed in there, and a little bit of hip-hop influences as well. Right now, from their debut album, Here's Way Too Far, on the newfound releases portion of Musical Connections. That is Dodo Head for you on the newfound releases portion of Musical Connections. 
And we're going to go now to singer-songwriter Evelyn Jess. Here's a song from her brand new album, which uh, I got to see the album release launch show live at Pleon Gower with one of my good friends, Caitlin Forward. She's a photographer in the city, and she's also uh, doing photographs now for Hurricane Music. So go check out her work if you haven't yet, and go check out this album if you haven't yet. Here's a tune for you right now, Like a Song, on the newfound releases portion of Musical Connections. I want to give you something straight from my heart These days I just don't know where to start From the flowers to the chocolates Jewelry of gold I want to give you something special That never will grow old I don't want to buy you things That'll just sit around Wanting to lift you up When you're feeling down I want to give you something Like my love That'll last forever long Like a song Like a song
Evelyn Jess for you on Musical Connections. The newfound releases portion of it with like a song written about her life partner, Bridget Bourgeois. And now we are going to go to another singer-songwriter that Davis Patrick has worked with, Kim Hamlin. Here's her new tune, True to Newfoundland, on the newfound releases portion of Musical Connections. But a girl, you see, I've lived for half my life. I never thought I'd find my love, and I would be his wife. I traveled far to the west coast in search of happiness, but all I found out there.
for you on newfound releases with true to newfoundland and we are now going to introduce you to the debut single of 2022 newfound talent contest winner mackenzie critch i was in cornerbrook when the newfound talent contest happened and what a show it was and i'm not shocked that mackenzie critch won she has an amazing voice and a little fun uh little fun tip that i got to tell you about her she can hit a really good high note on shallow she did this uh, at the uh, at the Glen Mill Inn when we were uh, all, uh, you know, a few drinks deep. We were having a good time, and it was like 1 or 2 in the morning, and uh, everyone just gathered in for a jam session. It was a blast, and uh, if you haven't heard her sing yet, you are in for a treat. Here's the debut single from Mackenzie Critch, worked on with Matt Dines of Hurricane Music. This is 03 on the newfound releases portion of Musical Connections.
Now, if that's not an indication of how Mackenzie Critch's future is going to look like, I'm excited for the next single. Debut single there from Mackenzie Critch, 03. And now we are going to go to Selena Boland. She has a brand new album out next month called All These Hours. Here's the lead single for you, The Way It Goes, on the newfound releases portion of Musical Connections. for you great tune from her from her upcoming album all these hours with the way it goes and we are going to wrap up the busiest newfound releases so far since i launched the podcast back in november we're going to wrap up with the swinging bells here's another single from their upcoming album welcome to the flea circus here's swimming on the newfound releases portion of musical connections swimming in the water swimming like an otter swimming, swimming all the time. Swimming, swimming, feeling fine. Backstroke, backstroke, I wanna do the backstroke. Lying on your back and looking at the sky. Breaststroke, breaststroke, for me it is the best stroke. Put your hands up high through the water, you will fly. Swimming, swimming, swimming. I wanna go swimming in the water, swimming. Like an otter swimming, swimming all the time. Inside out. 
Let's get to my conversation on Musical Connections. It is with two-time Grammy Award-winning producer, as well as the proprietor of Silly Cove Records and Trinity Hall, Greg Wells. What an opportunity to talk with such a legendary producer such as him, and the fact that he's taking his time out of his schedule to come on and talk about Silly Cove Records. They are a few days away from the launch on May 19th in Winterton, and I'll be making my way out there this weekend. I, I won't be there for the launch, but I'll be there in some way, shape, or form throughout the weekend. In the meantime, let's get to my conversation with Greg Wells, the owner and proprietor of Silly Cove Records and Trinity Hall. Welcome back to Musical Connections. I'm Zach Snow, and I am so excited to have as my guest on Musical Connections this week, two-time Grammy Award-winning producer, proprietor and owner of Silly Cove Records, the one and the only Greg Wells. Welcome to Musical Connection, sir. Thank you. Thanks, Zach. Thank you for having me. And uh, this is a really big one for me. I mean, out of the five years I covered the, the music scene here and out of the almost decade I've been in media, this one's a big one for me because, of course, uh, you're one of uh, music's biggest producers. And um, right now you're really going to make something special in Newfoundland and Labrador with Silly Cove Records. So thanks again for doing this. Oh, I love it. I feel uh, very pulled toward it. And I, I don't even, I swear, I don't even really have to think about it. it. It's just a thing that feels like it's happening on its own. It's, in, it's, it's kind of a crazy, good, crazy thing. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, of course, I know who you are. And uh, many people here in the Newfoundland and Labrador music scene know who you are. But uh, for people who may not know who you are, um, of course, I'm just going to list off some names right off the bat. Um, Ariana Grande, Carrie Underwood, Michael Bublé, Kelsey Ballerini, Rascal Flatts, Keith Urban, um, just some of the names you've worked with over your career. But uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself uh, before we really dive into things here. Oh, I'm not so smooth at talking about myself, but <laughs> I suppose, uh, well, I'm just, I'm a small town preacher's kid. Um, and uh, we grew up, we had what we needed, but we grew up very, very humbly. Um, we couldn't really afford any instruments. My parents never bought me an instrument. Uh, we had an upright piano that my mom had bought before I was born. 
And so we had that in the house and I would, I would bang on that. And I started, it was sort of my first drum set. I really was a frustrated drummer. I wanted drums. <laughs> uh, I, find, I wound up buying drums when I was a teenager from playing church organ. I had saved some money and bought this. Um, I used Westbury drum kit. Those are Canadian drums. I don't I wonder if they're still made, probably not, but, um, but the piano was sort of my piano actually is a percussion instrument. It's you'd think it'd be classified as a string instrument, but it's a percussion instrument. So they became okay. my first drum set. There's chips on our, my poor mom's upright piano, which she still has. Um, and then I started playing melodies on it, playing by ear. And my grandmother, her mother, um, is from Random Island on Trinity Bay, which is directly across the water from Winterton. Uh, and she was super, super naturally creative and, and not just musical, but quite artistically talented too. And she did all these paintings. I have a few of them and my mom has a bunch and my mom's sisters have a, have a bunch of really beautiful. She just paint from memory scenes of nature and a lot of waves and rocks, lots of Newfoundland scenes. Um, I have one hanging in my studio. I have one hanging in my office. And she would, she just played by ear. So I would, she put me in her lap. I have lots of sh photographs of me as a little baby sitting in her lap and playing. And we did that right, you know, until I was uh, uh, in my twenties, I'd sit with her and play. Um, I started taking lessons. We found a really cool piano teacher, which is hard to find. It's mm -hmm. hard to find a good teacher of anything that makes you stay inspired and not doesn't turn you off of the subject. But we found a really cool one in the town that I was growing up in, which was Peterborough, Ontario. It's about 60,000 people, kind of a farming factory, very blue collar town. Mm -hmm. uh, not a lot of, not a lot of culture there really. Um, there was a small little bubble of it, but my parents weren't really in that circle. And I didn't kind of discover it until I was just about leaving to go to, uh, I got a scholarship to go to a music college in Toronto called Humber College. And I just kind of discovered that mm -hmm. circle of people in the last two years of high school. And then I split when I was 17. Um, but I was just drawn to music like a moth to the flame. And I would just want to be in every band that would have me, whether it was a, you know, a punk band or a, a jazz stage band or a, um, a symphony orchestra, or I played lots of classical piano, was competing a lot in classical piano. Um, and represented Peterborough twice at the provincial finals in the Kiwanis Music Festival. Wow. Never won that thing, but uh, like really was playing stuff that uh, really difficult pieces that my fingers could play, but I, looking back on it, I didn't have the emotional maturity to really interpret that stuff. I could, I could play mm -hmm. it, but I didn't, I wasn't, I hadn't lived enough to really bring, <laughs> you know, kind of the right storytelling yeah. factor to it. But Now, um, um, now uh, at the same time too, um, you uh, left Humber College. Uh, How did you stumble into, you know, being a Hollywood, uh, to being a, a producer, you know, for many of the top pop stars of today? Like, really? Like, how did you st stumble into that? Well, it definitely was not handed to me on, on any kind of platter. Um, I remember there was a lovely, lovely woman from Peterborough named Kira Payne. Unfortunately, she's, she, she, she passed away really young. But oh, wow. she was three, two or three years older than me which when you're in high school feels like a whole, you know, like a decade older than you. She was a great saxophone player and she kind of would just give me, she was always really friendly to me. I, I didn't grow up with her. I didn't know her very well, but she would always like kind of just very friendly. She'd give me some advice and 
she's the one that told me about Humber College to begin with, and that and I and she went there, and a couple mm. years later I wound up following her there. When I went there my first year, she was in her final year, and I remember one day we had lunch together in the cafeteria, and she uh, she was asking me like, "What do you think you want to do after college?" And I said, "I'm not really sure. I'm thinking maybe." I might want to like explore the world and see what's out there. Like maybe I go to London, England, maybe I go to New York city. Maybe I go to Los Angeles. I have no idea. I, you know, I can't really afford to do any of that. I was paying my own way through college at that point, playing in bands and driving my crappy Chevy back to Peterborough, a lot to play in <laughs> wedding bands and, you know, just whatever I could do. Um, and she said, there's this thing called the Canada Council that uh, Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau started in the 1970s. Who, he was a huge fan of culture. Mm-hmm. And um, he started it, and there was enough funding at the time. It just kind of stayed alive. It's still there. And they fund all kinds of stuff, from ballets to playwrights to all kinds of stuff. Lots of different grants. And she said, maybe you can apply for one of those grants. You probably won't get it. Hundreds of people apply. Come up with a reason. And... Uh, see what happens. So I took her idea and I did. I applied to go to a school in Los Angeles called the Dick Grove School of Music and put together a very extensive application, which meant I had to compose four instrumental jazz pieces. I had to get all these letters of recommendation. I had to put a budget together, all this stuff. Wow. I did all of that, sent it off. And it felt like it was about a year later, I got a little letter back from them. And I opened it, and of course, I was convinced it was going to say, thank you for applying. Uh, We decided not to award it to you. And I had to read it a few times to realize it wasn't saying that. It was saying, you got it. Wow. And um, so I called the Dick Grove School of Music, and I said, I've just won this scholarship to come study with you. And they said, that is phenomenal news. That's great. We have some bad news for you. In a month, we will be closed because we've gone bankrupt. Oh, so I called the Canada Council and said, I don't know what to do. I've won this scholarship to go to this school. Um, would you be open to me studying privately with some really great piano teachers in Los Angeles instead of attending the school? And they said, give us a week. We'll, we'll talk about it. And they came back to me and they said, yeah, as long as you can get proof that those teachers will confirm accepting you as a student, we're okay with that. Uh, and so that's what I did. And I came here and I wound up studying with a man named Terry Trotter, who played with Frank Sinatra and a great guitarist named Larry Carlton. Um, uh, Terry later wrote the, the, the theme song to Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, he's just a great musician. Wow. And, and another amazing musician named Claire Fisher. And Claire did a lot of stuff. One of the things that everyone can relate to that he did is anytime you listen to a Prince record, the artist Prince, if you ever hear violins or you know any kind of stringed instruments, Claire composed all of those parts for the string parts. He wrote, anytime there was a string orchestral arrangement on a Prince song, that was Claire Fisher writing all those parts and wow. conducting it. Um, like you know, Raspberry Beret or anything, anything like that at all. Uh, that's one of the many, 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 many things he did. He he did that on so many different pop hits, but he was really kind of a jazz and classical musician. So I studied with both those guys. This was 1990, mm-hmm. 33 years ago. And I was 21 years old. I'd never been to California. I didn't know anybody here. Uh, Just showed up, you know, and thought I would return to Canada when the grant money ran out. And what happened, which is what's kept me here, is those 
two guys started recommending me for little kind of off the radar studio recording sessions as a piano player, um, which I had been doing in Toronto. I was very much up and running as a professional musician in Toronto, but coming to Los Angeles, uh, I'd played with some famous bands in Canada. I was in the Kim Mitchell band when I, I joined Kim's band when I was 19 years oh, old and I was a big fan of Kim's and I, um, I'm still very friendly with him. We actually, Kim and I still work together. I just produced his most recent album. We're talking That's about awesome. doing something again. Uh, we're talking about doing something in the near future, a new project, but no one in LA knew anything about it. You know, I played with uh, Rob McConnell of the Boss Brass, who's a very famous Canadian jazz musician who he himself has won at least a Grammy, probably more than one. But no one knew who that was. So I kind of had to start all over again here, which I was fine with. Um, and it just started a ball rolling that was almost on flat ground. It just took so long. Uh, it took forever. Mm-hmm. Then I joined Kate, Katie Lang's band, the great Canadian singer Katie Lang. was in her band from 1992 to 94. We toured not the whole world, but a lot of the world for three years. And she was super inspiring to me, and she encouraged me to start writing my own music and to start just stop saying yes to everybody that was calling me to come play with them. She said, why don't you dig in and start making your own stuff? Uh-huh. And that got me started as a songwriter and that doing a lot of demos in my little home studio for the songs I was writing with other people, those demos very slowly got better and better and better and better and better sounding. And it led to someone finally saying, do you want to help produce a record for me? And that person was Brad Roberts, the lead singer of the crash test dummies. Wow. I'd written, I'd written, I think, about 10, 12 songs with him. And the demos were really fun. They were great. I loved working with him. We had this fantastic chemistry as songwriters. And he called me one day and he said, Greg, I really love these demos. And I said, yeah, I, thank you. I do, too. It's, it's been so much fun. He said, I, I, he said, it's time for me to hire a producer for, for the album. And I was thinking wow, I'm really curious who he's going to hire. You know, because I, I, I was a big fan of record producers and I hadn't produced any albums at that point. And I said, who are you thinking of? And he said, well, you know, I thought long and hard about it. And um, he said, I, I'm actually talking to the guy that I want to have produced the record. I'm like, what? Hey. And he said, uh, he said, yeah. He said, I think these demos aren't demos. He said, I think they are the record and we just need to bring the band in because I'd been playing all the instruments and it was just me and Brad. And he said, let's bring the band in and let them mm-hmm. you know, bring their thing to what we've done. But I think we have more than the bones of our new record. And it was a crazy record called give yourself a hand, which, which I still am really proud of. Um, yeah. And that then all of a sudden I was a record producer because Brad Roberts didn't care that I hadn't produced a record before. It's very hard to get hired as a movie director or a record producer when you haven't already directed a movie or produced a record. Yeah. The industry's terrified to hire people like that. They're terrified. But then the irony, the, the dichotomy is how do you ever get hired if you, you know, how do you ever, how do you do that? Yeah. So how, how are you, uh, Brad stuck his neck out. Yeah. Like, how are you afraid to, like, uh, you know, make a living and really, like, you know, make it as a movie director or record producer? You really don't take that chance in the first place. You have to do all of that. You just, I just kept throwing myself naively throwing myself just out of enthusiasm 
at every opportunity, uh, saying yes to almost everything. And, and, and then that was a hard, actually, that was a hard thing to shut down because I got so used to saying yes to things as a musician. It's so hard to keep the lights on and pay your bills when you choose art as your job that I had to say yes to almost everything. You know, yeah. I've done all kinds of weird stuff like Barbie commercials and like, what? you know, playing in Dixieland bands at on a flatbed truck at people's weddings. And I remember once I drove 10 hours north of Toronto for 120 bucks to play at a, in a food court of a new shopping mall uh, with a man dressed in a big French fry costume dancing beside me all day long opening it was for the opening of a takeout french fry counter oh my god and i was happy to happy to have the work you know i was thinking i was 18 years old at the time and i remember all these other like teenagers from wherever we were sault saint marie or sudbury or something and they were looking at me like oh my god what are you doing <laughs> you know, they were embarrassed what are you for doing me. yourself but i was playing an instrument and i was you know making a tiny bit of money but i've had to do that with my music and i got so used to just accepting whatever would come my way it was very hard at some point when I didn't necessarily need to keep saying yes to everything, uh -huh. it was hard for me to shut that down and actually start saying no to stuff. Um, uh, that's another whole side story. The power oh, yeah. of no, no is actually a really positive word. It's not a for negative sure. word. And definitely, uh, especially with it, what you've done throughout your career, I mean, getting that break with the crash test dummies. And now many years later, you got two Grammys to your name. You worked with some of music's finest uh, performers. But uh, now I want to direct this to um, why you decided to start a record company in Newfoundland and Labrador, because uh, that's really the first thing that blew my mind up. Why does someone from Hollywood want to come and uh, produce uh, produce music here and also have a record company here in Newfoundland? And you looked at a church in Winterton, but uh, originally uh, the church they ended up buying was not the church that you were interested in in the first place. So how did you end up getting the church in Winterton and why Newfoundland? Well, the thing is, is I'm not from Hollywood. So, you know, I'm half Newfoundlander. My mom was born in Bonavista. And I visited Newfoundland many times as a young kid. And my mother left Newfoundland when she was, I think, 11 years old. Oh, wow. And she never, she never wanted to leave. She was absolutely heartbroken. I think today at the age of 79, she's still not over it, you know. Uh, she was just devastated. Her, her dad was a minister in the United Church. And he had this dream of being a professor of theology at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. And so he kept moving the family closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to Kingston. And they would move every three or four years. And it drove my, it was really hard on my mom. She'd like start to make friends and all of a sudden, whoop, three or four years later, they'd move. And um, so she, she had all these things from Newfoundland in the house growing up, uh, pictures everywhere, paintings, my grandmother's paintings. She, she had like literally fishing nets hung on the walls and seashells in the bathroom and just all this. It was Newfoundland was a very vibrant, alive thing in our house. It still is in my mom's house today where she lives in Don Mills now in Ontario. Mm -hmm. So, and I was so close to her parents. I really adored both her mom and dad. Uh, so her dad, as I mentioned earlier, her mom was from Random Island from a little, um, little settlement called thoroughfare which isn't there anymore now it's crown wow. land i actually uh, got boated over there by some really lovely people in winterton took me over there last summer and i saw thoroughfare nice. there's nothing there anymore like no buildings are standing but somewhere covered in in trees and moss and you know bushes there is still a graveyard there with gravestones and wow 
people I'm pretty closely related to are there, but, uh, but there's nowhere even to dock at this point. So we just had to kind of, you know, cruise past it. But my grandfather was born and raised in Winterton and wound up not becoming the full-time minister of the, of Trinity United church in Winterton, but he would often preach there in the summer and he preached at churches all over the Island. Uh, and then eventually, as I said, when, when my mom was almost a teenager, they moved to Ontario. Um, so uh, 13 months ago, exactly, almost exactly 13 months ago, I was putting my five-year-old daughter to bed, who's now six. And I kind of fell asleep as she fell asleep. I woke up maybe 30, 40 minutes later, and I weirdly had this uh, this just sounds, I've told this story several times at this point, but it's just, I know how goofy this sounds, but this is what happened. I woke up with this big gut feeling that there's something on this exact phone, same phone, um, that I could potentially purchase right then and there at quarter to 10 at night, LA time, that felt meaningful, felt like it could help a lot of people. It felt like connected in a big family way. And it also felt like it was real estate. I've never had that feeling before ever. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what to do with that feeling, but it was really overwhelming. So I just started searching on my web browser on the phone. And I'm a musician who's built lots of different studios over the years. And I like repurposing buildings for music spaces, recording spaces. So I started searching like schools for sale and uh you know big old houses for sale and then sometimes i would look at churches for sale and i was looking through california where i live everything was too expensive everything was too new it, the ceilings weren't high enough it just was silly started looking around the states found some cool stuff in the southern states i, I don't really know anybody there i don't have cause to travel there it didn't make sense found a couple cool things in upstate new york once again don't really know anybody there don't travel there um, and then I just, out of desperation, I searched church for sale in Canada. Search. I got one result. And it said, it said something like church for sale in Winterton, Newfoundland. I'm like, what? Clicked on it. And bam, up came a picture of the church my grandfather grew up in. And I've been in that church as my father who was also a United Church minister, has preached in that church. Um, that's how my parents met. So my grandfather did wind up becoming a professor of theology at Queen's University. My dad became a th theology student at Queen's. My mom was studying biology at Queen's. That's how they met. So that's why I have a grandfather on my mom's side and a father, obviously, on my father's <laughs> side, both United uh, Church ministers. Anyway, so I'm like, What? That church is for sale, and there it was, for sale, for sale for $35,000. Wow. Now, you know, I've lived in America for over 30 years, so I have to think in American dollars, and that was less than 35000 U.S. dollars. It was really, really affordable. And there's a beautiful pipe organ, and so I, I, I freaked out. I'm like, that has to be the feeling that I felt, and I emailed the agent, didn't hear from the guy. I emailed him again, didn't hear from him the next day, called him, called him a few times, finally got him. And he said, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but that's an outdated listing and someone has bought it and, and it's done. The deal's closed. 
someone owns that church now and we just haven't updated the uh the listing i was so crushed uh, i couldn't understand yeah. it I, that huge crazy like you know goofy like a bad movie like this big gut feeling and then it was all just like whoop taken away so he yep. said he said i don't know what to tell you but he said i'm pretty sure that in the next month or two something similar is going to hit the market if it does do would you like me to tell you about it and i said well okay sure so sure enough, I don't know, a month and a half later, he reached out and said, there is a church for sale that is directly in front. Like it's one parking lot away from that United Church that you couldn't buy, even though it's the one you thought you were going to buy and you have all this family connection to. There's another church in front. It's actually closer to the water. It's right across the road from the ocean. It's in better condition than the United Church. You don't really need to do anything to it. It's in beautiful shape. It's a little bit more money but maybe you should look at it. And so he sent me some pictures anyway. That is the church that I wound up being able to purchase from the Anglican church. It used to be called St. Luke's Anglican church. It is a jewel of a sacred building. It's really oh, yeah. special. It's gorgeous. It's in really there. something else. So we're, we've set up camp there. Um, the grand opening of it, I've renamed it Trinity Hall. We're not allowed to call it a church anymore. It's been deconsecrated in my mind of course it will always be a church but it's now called trinity hall and in a very short amount of time on uh friday may 19th we're doing a grand opening which i'll be there for um and uh it's just so exciting i've with the help of a lot of people uh and an incredible incredible carpenter handyman uh builder named jeff coates we have transformed the back room of that church, not the sanctuary part of the church, but there's a there was an annex room that they had been built maybe in the 80s, yeah. kind of off to one side toward the back. We've completely ripped that down to the studs, and um, it's now like a world-class recording studio and, and lounge, and new everything, new washrooms, new electrical throughout the entire building, new heating through the entire building, um, new rooms, new layout. Some walls have been taken down. Some walls have been added. Rooms have been expanded. Royer microphones. Royer is, is one of my favorite microphone companies. They make <coughs> ribbon microphones, which are based on very, very old microphone technology. Zach, did you ever see those like, like on old talk shows to be these big RCA microphones? Oh yes. Like those bricks. things. They're huge. Yeah, yeah. Those things. So those are ribbon mics and they wow. operate. There's literally like a, I guess it's made of a very thin piece of metal. It's kind of like zigzag. It's a, it's, it picks up vibrations. I can't really explain how it works, but the sound of ribbon microphones is a really beautiful thing. It's very natural. Yeah. Um, and Royer makes them. Royer Microphones donated 15,000 US dollars of their finest microphones to Trinity Hall. Wow. For, for the purposes of recording for Silly Cove Records and for anything we're doing there. If we're doing a concert there, we can record it. Um, you know, stereo ribbon microphones, mono ribbon microphones, just like the, some of the best mics that any studio could ever have. Holy um, smokes. And I cannot wait to see the final result of uh, the Trinity Hall when it does open. And uh, by the time that this airs, May 19th is when it will happen from noon until 7 down at Trinity Hall in Winterton on uh I was going to say Winterton, Ontario, but at Winterton, Newfoundland, and Labrador. But, it's definitely not in Ontario. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but on um, the roster you've got put together here, 
you got Rachel Cousins, you got uh, Courtney Wicks, of course, one of your first signees, Jeremy Harnum, Brad Tuck, Justin Fancy, Ray Johnson, a new Flannel Labrador legend in his own right, Kelly Loader, yourself. Uh, just quickly, um, why did you decide the name Trinity Hall? And, and going further to that, um, why did you decide to name the record company Silico Records? Well, so those are two different questions. So Trinity Hall, I had to come up with a name. I couldn't, we couldn't call it St. Luke's anymore. I wanted to just keep the same name, but I was told that I, we couldn't. So naming things is very hard. It's really hard to come up with a good name for something. And I spent many days thinking about it. And I wanted to come up with a name that implied usage of several different things. Um, you know, kind of the obvious name was like the, the Winterton Arts and Cultural Center. And it just felt like I was falling over every time I said that. It was so many syllables. It felt very overly academic and just kind of. <laughs> so I wanted, I love simplicity. You know, it's very hard. I think the hardest, the reason I work in pop music is I'm not really a pop musician. I'm a very indulgent, muso y sort of like, I, if you hear me play piano or other instruments, I, I'm not playing pop chords. I'm like playing crazy stuff that I would never be able to make money with and would never fit on a pop record. Yeah. I find pop music incredibly difficult, which is why I do it. I find it challenging because I think the hardest thing to do is not to be difficult and complicated. I mean, it's not easy to do that, but in once you get to a certain ability level, I think it's easier to be mysterious and complicated. I think the hardest thing in the, in on earth to do creatively is to nail direct simplicity at a level of excellence that's the hardest thing to do i don't think i've ever done it i may never do it but that is the that's the the carrot that i chase around the track every yeah. day of my life and so trinity hall is, and yeah so trinity hall is really what you decided with it because it's like a lot less syllables and much easier to say well i kind of chanced upon it. i wound up looking on the internet of just dozens and dozens and dozens of names of music venues around the world and anytime I saw something that ended with Hall, I really liked it. Uh, so I, there's, you know, there's Webster Hall in New York. There's Massey Hall in Toronto. There's a bunch of uh, halls in London, England. Um, and Hall is just kind of cool. It feels a little more casual. It doesn't feel quite as formal or snooty. And, um, and then Trinity just felt like an obvious thing to me because it's on Trinity Bay. Uh, I didn't want it to only signify winterton although obviously it's in winterton i wanted it to represent that whole area uh -huh. you know um and i wanted it to also be a massive nod to my grandparents and the sacrifices that they made uh and my grandmother is not from winterton she's from straight across the water on Trinity Bay. So it just felt in my mind, it felt like a way of including her as well. Um, and a few, when I announced it, a few people, everyone, the reaction was better than I thought it would be. And a few people said, it's kind of misleading because there is another place actually called Trinity. Um, and some people might wind up traveling to Trinity. And I thought, I think we'll be okay because the church behind it was called Trinity United church. That never like no one ever went to the wrong place and they were trying to find that. So yeah. we'll figure it out. But it just, it just, I love the simplicity of it. I also like that Trinity is a reference to church stuff, even though it's not a church anymore. 
I don't go to church anymore. I've kind of fried on organized religion, even though I still feel spiritual in my own way. Mm-hmm. But growing up as a preacher's kid and then church organ became a job for me from the age of 12 to the end of high wow. school. Um, and for me, when I started seeing church kind of from the inside out and I was getting paid to do it and it was like a job, it kind of changed it for me. Mm-hmm. I still miss the sound of it. I have a pipe organ here in my home in Los Angeles. I love the sound of it. I love that. I miss the music of church. I miss that experience yeah. of, a, of a great congregation and a beautiful choir and a great sounding organ. And, um, but I don't go to church anymore, but I like that Trinity is, uh, I love the number three and Trinity implies three. Um, and Trinity's on Trinity Bay and there's a T in Trinity looks like a, cross and it just sort of very subtly implies uh-huh. what the history of the building was you know yeah that is wonderful now of course uh silly cove is uh the record company is based uh off the you know what winter train used to be called before um but uh you've assembled a really nice roster uh, over the past uh, couple of months i mean uh you've you've uh, recently signed uh billy hickey formerly of timber you've acquired fairgill and then you've also uh signed summer bennett which was uh the 2021 newfound talent contest winner Jeremy Harnum's band, yes, Officer, and he does some work for you behind the scenes as well. Your first signee, though, was Courtney Wicks, and I've got to play some of her music on the podcast in the past, and uh, by the time this does air, uh, her album would have already been released. Um, So tell me a little bit about recording that album, Love Me, in the church, and uh, what made you decide to uh, go with Courtney as your first signee? A man named Ryan Gates uh, reached out to me early on when I started getting involved in Winterton. And he said, I, I get what you're trying to do there. And I think I could be really helpful to you. And so we just started communicating and, and, uh, he just started finding uh, really interesting talent. And I described to him what I was looking for, what I wanted silly cove records to be about. I wanted to protect and preserve and document and capture music that was being made in that region. Um, that, uh, d- that was that was so kind of compelling that it should be recorded and that wasn't trying to like compete with the pop charts or sound like other stuff i wanted i was looking for something really kind of distinctive and unique and with a you know its own fingerprint and he mentioned courtney wicks and uh he sent me some music and i immediately got it and thought this is ideal she's she's a young woman who plays guitar and sings and she sings uh, traditional traditional songs you know lots of traditional newfoundland songs some of them are irish some are scottish but it's songs that you would have heard much older people singing in newfoundland for decades and generations but there's something very fresh and really cool the way that it comes through her and i just sort of had this penny drop where i kind of i heard it i heard her in trinity hall it is acoustically a really beautiful sounding room um all this great old wood and all these nice reflections, all these different angles. And, and sometimes things aren't what you think they're going to be, or sometimes it just becomes a different thing. This was almost exactly what I hoped it would be. It was actually better than I, and I had high hopes for it. it I'm so pleased with the experience of making it. And then the results are just, I, I love, and uh, I don't think Courtney had ever done anything like that. I don't think she's experienced. I think she had a couple of experiences recording, uh, actually with Jeremy Harnum, they'd done some recording a few years prior to this, but it was, you know, it was a pretty new experience for her and she took direction really well. She was great to work with 
continues to be great to work with. And I just wanted it to be an honest thing. I wanted it to just, I wanted her to be relaxed. I wanted her to not think about anything and just feel the songs come through her. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And yeah. we had some beautiful microphones. We had some great engineers come out from St. John's, Robert Kelly and Mark Feener. And they brought these great microphones and great gear. They were unbelievably helpful and generous uh, in helping me kind of get that first recording up and running when we had zero gear and equipment there at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm, I'm super proud of the results. It just felt like a great first step forward for Silly Cove. Exactly. It felt like the perfect, the perfect uh, first album to, to put out. And also, super importantly, uh, just like with anything Trinity Hall does, Silly Cove Records, uh, in terms of any monetary thing that comes in, this is uh, this is this will never, nor do I ever want it to be. Will never be a money making thing for me. It's a money losing thing for me, and that's mm-hmm. the way I want it to be. It's a passion project. It's a nonprofit, uh, but people profit off of nonprofits. I am not going to. I don't want yeah. to. That's not what this is about. This is paying it forward. That's what the whole thing is about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the business model is with Silly Cove Records that if any money shows up. 50% is a straight 50-50 deal with the creative talent and the record label. So, for instance, with Courtney, any money that comes in from selling her CDs, and we printed some vinyl records too, which sound amazing, actually, um, 50% will go directly to her, as, as it should. Typically with the record label, if the artist gets a 10 to 15% split, they're lucky. And then they're lucky if the record label ever actually pays that to them because the label will always find a way to say, I'm sorry, we haven't recouped and sorry that it'll cost this much. And we yeah. can't pay you. Anyway, 50% goes straight to the artist. The other 50% goes to Silly Cove Records. But what we're doing with that money is, and that's after if there's any expenses to record the record, which like I would never charge for my travel or anything like that. I mean, like actual being there and recording, if we had to hire an engineer or something, minimal expensive recording almost nothing and the rest of it goes to the community it goes to the ambulance service it goes to the fire department it goes to buying instruments for kids in the elementary school something a food bank and i'm open to ideas of where that money should go to mm-hmm. uh trinity hall trinity hall itself is set up in the exact same way if we sell tickets to an event it's the same thing whoever's performing they get half uh, the other half goes to Trinity Hall, and then we funnel that to a place where it really deserves to go. And and none of us are ever allowed to withdraw personally withdraw money from that bank account. Yeah, um, and and that's the way it should be. So so anyone that's signed on to work with me and Ryan at Silly Cove Records, it's important for people to realize that they've signed on with that in mind. That you mm-hmm. know half of the the money generated from whatever we make is going to a really great cause to, to try and help the community be even, um, you know, better than it already is. Yeah. And even it's that, just, yeah. And even that getting the work with a, a big producer like yourself and, uh, with someone whose music loving is you, um, that's a win-win in itself. And I guess, I suppose that's another benefit too. Like I'm not charging anything to, to, you know, to be involved. And, I mean, not to be gross or crass, but if I, you know, like here in Los Angeles, if I'm being hired to work on something, it's, it's not free. Oh, and, for sure. Uh, so that sure. brings, I guess that brings a value to it as well. And, 
But that also feels right to me. It's like everyone's throwing their skin into the game of it. Mm -hmm. And it also changes like why we're making the music in the first place. It's not, it's not for monetary gain. You know, yeah. I mean, I think it's nice if the artist gets half the proceeds. They, that, that feels great. That feels right. That's more than they would get from 99% of any other record deals right. out there on the planet. Right. Now, um, on the note of uh, Silly Cove Records, you've assembled a nice roster, which I mentioned in uh, uh, about a, like a few minutes ago or something, but um, just a great roster. I mentioned Courtney, Jeremy Harnum has his own band, Yes Officer, Fairgale, Billy Hickey, and Summer. Now, out of the talent that you've assembled, who are you most excited to work with uh, at Silly Cove Records? I'm going to put you on the spot here. Oh, yeah. Everybody sucks except this one artist. No, that's not how I feel at all. <laughs> I, I would be in, incapable of signing anybody if I wasn't excited to to work with them and to uh -huh. hear the final result. If I don't feel that, if I don't feel this happening, I don't know what to do with it. And I, I'm, I'm like that with the jobs that I choose as well to work on professionally here in L.A. I've learned the hard way that if I don't feel that, then I don't really know what to do with it. It actually sounds like I'm not a very good music maker. I'm not a good record producer. Um, but if I do get it, you know, if I, if I connect to it, then on a good day, it sounds like I, like I do know what I'm doing. Uh -huh. So uh, literally everyone that you just mentioned blows me away. Yeah. They blow me away. They blow me away. Uh, and they all sound completely different and they all are doing a very genuine, very genuine thing at what I would call a world-class level. Um, they don't sound like anybody else. They're not copying anybody. Uh, it's, it's really incredible. And, and, and quite frankly, I'm a little bit surprised that they're up for working with such a tiny little label, like what we've got set up here, you know, I mean, to be honest, like either we have no, like we just started, we, we're not going to silly Cove records is not going to take over the world. And you, you know what I mean? Like we're just, I know how to make music, but we're not like some massive marketing machine, nor probably will we ever be. Yeah. But, no, um, but the opportunity to grow uh, the music scene in Newfoundland and Labrador and really, you know, grow to careers and uh, you know, get back to the community is there and the potential is there. Yeah. And what I, the one thing I'm really confident that is there, which is just what I was going to say now is the one thing we do have covered is, is the making of the music. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I know what I on a good day can help bring to the table. And, and these artists are just, I mean, just my jaw, just honestly, it just bounces off the floor when I hear what all of them do, all of them. So, uh, most of what Ryan is is finding, he's he, you know he's he's casting a big net. He's searching far and wide, and he's getting hit with a ton of submissions. And he doesn't send them all to me. He sends me kind of the you know the the the, the I don't know probably the top fifteen percent of what makes it through his filters and what he thinks I should hear. And I say no to most of it because I just feel like it just doesn't speak to me. It just doesn't feel like I just don't know what to do with it. Yeah, because you know? there's. There's a difference between, uh, how do I say this? Well, first of all, like, look at me, like I'm a, I'm, I've been playing instruments my whole life. I'm a very, very, very proficient musician. I can muscle flex. I can have all these party tricks. I have perfect pitch. 
<laughs> I can dazzle on the drums. I can dazzle on the piano. I can sometimes dazzle on the guitar. I play xylophone. I play pipe organ. I studied orchestral percussion. I would make a terrible record as a solo artist. I would make just a confused... I'm not a storyteller. So there's a lot of like talent... I used to think was kind of an uncommon thing. I have come to realize that talent is actually quite common. A lot of talent, and not just music talent, there's a lot of like math talent, there's a lot of sports talent, there's a lot of talent with people who can take a radio and just rip it apart and they understand how to put it back together. I don't, but there are brains that just do. The people that have these short bridges to a thing like understanding foreign languages or whatever you know some people are really good at some things or some people are really good at a bunch of things mm -hmm. but that won't really get you very far off the dock you like with that talent you gotta have a whole bunch of other stuff together and you gotta consistently have it together and those rockets have got to be firing 24 7 um and and at the end of the day you have to come up with great ideas and you have to be a great storyteller and you have to tell your own story uniquely. And if you don't, it's a snooze fest for me. I'm falling asleep because I just, you know, I mean, me sitting here after having had songs on over 130 million albums, can you imagine how many sub music submissions I get every day that I have to, and I just don't have time to listen to them anymore. Yeah, because you're... So Cause you're that busy and you've worked on so much albums. I mean, how can you really choose from like one of your favorites, but you've built up a nice roster too. And uh, the talent you've acquired now for Silico records, they can really take that to the next level. Now, um, we're just about uh, almost out of time here because I know you're a really busy yeah. man and you really have worked with, again, a lot of uh, music's finest uh, musicians. And I'd imagine you'll be working on some stuff for Silico records. Um, for people who want to find out more about Silico Trinity hall, and uh, really just about what you guys are up to next. Where can they go? We've got Facebook pages for both. Um, uh, we don't really have a website up and running for either one, but the Facebook page is great. If you just search Silly Cove Records on Facebook, you'll find that. If you search Trinity Hall, Winterton, search that on Facebook, you'll find it. Um, that's the, Both are functioning as, the, as the, the, the internet front for both things. Um, we're... Trinity Hall's not even open to the public yet. We haven't done anything there yet, other than make Courtney Wick's solo album last October. Um, we, uh, you know, we're still uh, we're still waiting to get the final blessing from Jim Barry, the uh, the the head of all fire departments in Newfoundland, to say, okay, it's okay for you guys to open the door now because we've had to install extra fire doors and all these other <laughs> things. We're not really ready for prime time yet. We will be by the grand opening, but it's really it's like right down to the line. So um, I can't wait till you and I talk again in a year or two and we've already had like a bunch of concerts and we've released oh, yes. a few more albums and then there's traction like for instance i love the fact zach that you reached out to me and you want to cover this and and i love that enthusiasm and i will tell you that the bigger news outlets cbc in particular they don't care about this story they are completely ignoring it I have had Michael Bublé, who loves this story, directly contact the head people at the CBC and tell them all about this. And they're just like, sorry, we're, they literally said we're not interested. 
So I know that like if they ever cover it, they're going to need some sort of like giant pink ribbon around it. And they're going to need some like famous people to show up and make it newsworthy. But to me, what's newsworthy about this is that there aren't giant famous people showing up. That this is a very specific, very specific, very regional, very not flashy thing. That's what's cool about it to me. That's what makes it even more special. And, uh, you know, it's basically just word of mouth. I like that we're doing it very kind of like mom and pop. There's really just two Facebook pages. That's it. Yeah. And, uh, I don't need there to be any, you know, uh, pyrotechnics going off at the grand opening. I just want it to be pretty <laughs> chilled out. And, you know, but it's the kind of thing where I could contact Kelly Loader, whom I've never met. And and she had reached out to me early and she said, I see what you're doing in Winterton and I love it. And uh, I think she said something at one point, like, let me know if I could ever help. And and I just wrote to her on Instagram and said, hey, we have a grand opening. A, a bunch of people have raised their hand to sing. There's no money. Everyone's doing it for free would you be interested in singing? She wrote me back, I think within three minutes and said, I'm in, tell me when to be there. It's that like that kind of reaction. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. That's how I react to it. Um, and, uh, you know, the reaction that you're having is like, it just makes me feel like it just validates, the, you know, it validates the weird feeling I had putting my daughter to bed 13 months ago. <laughs> it's, it, seriously. Well, hey, listen, 13 months later, and you're about to launch out your passion project. Greg Wells, this has been an absolute blast. We can go on for, like, two or three hours, really. We can probably, like, sit down and have a, have a drink or have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or something and talk music for hours. But I know you're a very busy man, but I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your schedule to come on Musical Connections and talk about Silly Cove Records and Trinity Hall. And um, best of luck with uh, everything that's coming up uh with Silly Cove and Trinity Hall, and we will definitely feature more of Silly Cove Records artists here on the Musical Connections podcast. Greg, thanks again for this. I hope you like what we wind up making. You know, the records are all going to be quite different. You might you might like some of them. You might be like, what? I can't play this <laughs> record. But, but anyway, thank you for your support. It means a lot to me and, uh, and to everybody involved. Uh, Ryan was very excited to hear that I was speaking to you today. Um, so thank you again. Thanks for your support. And, and we're not done with each other. I look forward to meeting you in person. And, and let's do this again. Of all the stars that's ever shone, not one does twinkle like your pale blue eyes. Like golden corn at harvest, time your hair sailing in my
since you left these shores, I've known no peace, no joy. What is there left to say about that podcast? Thank you so much for joining me for episode 25 of Musical Connections, and a big thank you to Greg Wells for joining me as my guest, and to all the musicians this week who sent me their music for newfound releases. What a week it was. And of course, if you have any new music that you want to send to me for newfound releases, or would like to be a guest on Musical Connections, it's easy. You can email me any interest at all to musicalconnectionsnl at gmail.com. Of course, new episodes of Musical Connections drop every Tuesday at 12 noon, Newfoundland Standard Time on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Musical Connections. Thank you so much for connecting. And I've been your host, Zach Snow. Stay safe and please be kind to one another. And until next time, safe home.